Um, so yesterday during the 70s meeting, uh, it was extra special. It was worship, intercession, and it was really, really sweet. And I kept hearing this resounding singing over and over and over. And it literally sounded like a choir of angels that were singing, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And Pastor David had everyone declaring things that they were hearing and over the city. And I kept hearing these angels, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And I started singing the song in my own head. And then the Lord began to reveal to me and remind me of all the faithful things that he has accomplished or how he has been faithful in my own life. So I started getting like a movie reel of my life and how many times he reached out and saved me from myself. And then he started reminding me what he's done in my family and in my, with my children and then in the church body as a whole. And I just got this rising up in my spirit like, God, you are faithful when there's trials and turmoil and trouble in the world. God, you are faithful. You're a good, good father. And our series is talking about a lifestyle of celebration. And so today I want to talk about, we have causes to celebrate, guys. Yeah, life isn't perfect. Yes, we have issues. And yes, we have trials. And yes, things are hard. And yes, God is faithful. And yes, his promises are yes and amen. And yes, we can live a life of joy. We can do those things because he's a good father and because he's faithful. Lamentations 3.22 says, through the, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So guess what? If you mess it all up today, if you don't get anything right today, if you feel like the worst of the worst today because you couldn't hit the mark or get the target, guess what? His mercies are new every morning. And because of his mercies, we are not consumed by the world or the trouble of the world or the age of the world. Doug said it best. We're a peculiar people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. We are set apart. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. And what the Lord gives us, Satan can't take it away. We can give it away, but he can't take it from you. So Lamentation says, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. If we don't have something to hold on to as the world, we will be helpless and hopeless. But we do have something. It's the promises of God. Throughout the entire Bible, there are thousands of promises, thousands of them. And what I asked the first service, and I'm going to ask you too, as you're reading your Bible, just don't read it. Get a yellow highlighter because yellow represents joy. And I want you to highlight every promise you come across. Highlight them for the next 30 days. I'm giving you homework, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm giving you homework today because I operate in the anointing of a teacher. So I'm giving you homework. Every time you read your Bible, get that highlighter and mark the promises of God. And in 30 days, go back and review the promises that are designated for you. And guess what? It's not like there's a promise for me and there's a promise for Jeremy and there's a promise for Colton. The promises are for each one of us. So test the Lord, prove him. 
Write them down. In Hebrews 10.23, in the Amplified Bible, it says, let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and he's faithful. We sang it this morning. I will not be shaken. God, I trust you. I trust you. I love your presence. God, I will not be shaken. You know what the secret place is? We talk about having relationship and communion with Jesus and we talk about the quiet time and the secret place. You want me to tell you what the secret place is? It's anywhere that you and God are alone. Okay? So I'll give you an example of mine. I go in my room, I close the door, turn off my phone. I used to tell the kids when they were little, unless you're bleeding or dying, don't knock on my door. I don't have that issue anymore. I just tell Fabian, just stay in the shop. (laughs) Close the door, turn off the phone, turn off the TV. For me, I put on soaking music. You can find it on YouTube. Worship soaking music. Rita Springer is a good one. And I just let it play. And I sit in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes I speak to him and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just listen for what Holy Spirit is telling me. How many of you ever sat in the rain? And at first when you get out there and the raindrops start falling, you're like, oh, 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 that's uncomfortable. Oh, oh. Then after you're fully drenched and wet, you're just like, okay. Same thing in your quiet place, in your secret place. As the spirit of the Lord begins to rain down on you, your flesh is going to say, oh, oh, I'm busy. I got to think. What am I having for dinner? Where am I going? And what's at work? And da, 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 da. It's a distraction. And then the longer you sit there, the rain just comes and completely pours over you and washes away all that fear, the anxiety, the worry, and the promises of God will begin to well up within you. If you've read the Bible at any time, that word is implanted and written on the tablets of your heart. And when the presence of the Lord shows up, that word comes up and it begins to remind you of his goodness and of his faithfulness. So secret place time and quiet time are so important. On our Facebook page this week, I don't know if Melody wrote it or Lauren wrote it, but it says to claim is to state something typically without providing evidence of proof. So sometimes we need to claim the promises of God that he has made over our lives, even when there isn't any tangible evidence to support them. Because see, that creep steps in known as the adversary of our soul and begins to tell you lies. And there's no tangible evidence of God's promise, but that's where faith and trust and relationship steps in. So when there's no tangible evidence to support them, we get the beautiful option. We get to choose to believe God's reality over our own. So when that bank draft comes in and you bounced a check at the bank, but the Bible says that he is Jehovah Jireh, your provider, that he will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, that if he took care of the sparrows, how much more is he going to take care of you? So you have that bank draft that says "Mm, negative $105, but your faith rises up and says he is my provider. You get to choose the beautiful reality of what God says or what the world is telling you. 
The word is full of promises, freedom from addiction, deliverance from evil, financial provision, hope for the lost, overcoming depression, recovery of a marriage, health and healing and freedom from fear and anxiety. That's one of the biggest um, um, diagnoses in our country right now is fear and anxiety. Zoloft and Xanax are one of the biggest uh, drugs that are being uh, prescribed right now. And let, you want me to tell you, can I tell you, please, can I make it really simple for you? And I'm not a doctor, but I am know the Lord and know the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you that secret place time can cure you of that fear and anxiety? Try it for 30 days and then come tell me your testimony. After you highlight the promises, if you struggle with fear and anxiety, highlight those promises, eat that word, eat that word, and then sit in the presence of the Lord and come back to me in 30 days and tell me, look what the Lord has done. Listen to my testimony, Marlene. So here are some promises of God. And again, the scriptures are full of them. I'm going to go through these really fast. These are just the ones that caught my attention and caught my eye. And so I'm going to go through these really fast, but these are promises of God. If you tell me later on, Marlene, I want them, text me, email me, message me, and I'll send them to you. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to stand still. Sometimes we got to do something. We got to say something. We got to intervene. And God says, be still and know that I am God. He will fight for you. All you have to do is be still. Isaiah 40, 29, he gives strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not faint. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.13, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says, do not fear. Listen to what I'm telling you this morning. There's somebody that needs to hear this. God has you bite the right hand and he says, do not fear for I am with you. Don't listen to what the world says. Don't listen to what people tell you. Listen to what the Spirit of God is telling you. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning, I've got you. Trust me. Stand on my promises. I'm not going to leave you. He promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He is our ever-present help in the time of trouble. Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the water, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Isaiah 54, 10, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant. He has a covenant of peace. Guys, he has a covenant with us for peace. It says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Let me tell you something about this God. This God that we serve, the way I like to say it nowadays, is this God who is my father, who loves me, who saved me from a world of addiction and abuse and heartache and pain. 
Okay, this father is the same father that saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. He's the same father that saved Daniel from the lion's den. He's the same father that opened the Red Sea so the Israelites could walk over on dry land. This is your father that loves you and promises good for your life. That is faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. When the system of the world and the things of the world and the banks and the doctors and your ex-husband and your children are going crazy and you're like, what's happening? God says, great is thy faithfulness. He's saying, I, yesterday I heard this very clear over and over and over. I am who I say I am and I will do what I said I will do. I am who I say I am, and I will do what I said I will do. The question is, do we believe and do we trust? So I sat here in the front row, and I was crying. I was like kind of loud. You know, I get this crazy, ugly cry. And that's what I was doing the whole time. And in my heart, the Lord's like, examine your heart. Because if he's telling me I am who I say I am, and I'll do what I'll say I'll do, I have to examine if there's doubt or fear or unbelief in my heart. So if you know the word and you know the promise and your heart's not lining up, begin to examine your heart. Where, Jesus? He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And he's like, yes. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. When the Lord says something more than once, ask where, how, what's happening? He's in Numbers 23, 19. Sorry, guys, I get a little intense. I'm like, shake it off. No, I don't want to shake off Holy Spirit. No, never, never. Numbers 23, 19, Amplified Bible. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good and fulfill it? See, here's the thing. Our friends will lie to us. Our family will lie to us. Your mom and dad will lie to you. Your boss will lie word to you. Your coworkers to lie to you. But God is not a man that he should lie. So if he said it, if it's a promise and if it's in a word, if it's in the word, you can bank on it. Now, the, the other thing too is that some of these prob- pro- promises come with instructions. So heed the instructions, my friends. It says, if you... Da, 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 da. then I will da, 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 da. if you bring all my ties into the storehouse see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so we want this blessing poured out open the windows God but we don't give come on this isn't a tithing message I'm just the Lord gave me this and I'm going with it okay so some promises come with instructions so heed the instructions when you're highlighting the promise in yellow if there's instructions bracket in red Because there's something that you need to do to help bring this promise to pass. Okay? Philippians 4, 7. The other thing that God promises is is peace. Do we need peace in the world today? And I'm not talking about peace in the Middle East, peace. I'm talking about peace in our hearts. I'm talking about that no matter what comes against us, no matter what we're facing, no matter what giant stands up, I say, who are you? I'm the daughter of the living God. Who are you? How dare you come against me? Do you know who I am? 
That's not cocky, guys. That's confidence. That's confidence that you are sons and daughters of the king. And you have his promise and you have his word. And you get that word and you shoot it. And you get that word and you shoot it. Because here's what happened. That creep comes back and lies and tells you who you're not. And God says, but I've called you by name. And I know you. I've ordained you and appointed you for such a time as this. So Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As I was doing this study, I heard this song by House Fire, which just happened to play while I was sitting down, right? I don't even know the name of the song. But these were the words to the song that said, When we trust God, then we walk in peace. When we trust God, when we trust his promises, when he trusts his word, when we trust who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do, then we'll walk in peace. We don't have to be strong because he's our strength. We don't have to hold on because he will never let you go. One of our famous sayings is, I'm just trying to hold on. I'm holding on by the end of our rope. I don't know how much longer I can hold on. The beautiful thing is that he will never let you go. Once you've made the commitment to become a son and daughter, you are a son and you are a daughter. And he's going to come after you and pursue you in love, in compassion, and in mercy. He will never let you go. So why do we have reasons to celebrate? Why do we have lifestyles to celebrate? Why should we live a lifestyle in celebration when life is so hard? Because his promises are yes and amen. And he's a good, good father. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. His promises will endure to the end. Oh, everything fades away. His word will never fade away, guys. It'll take us into eternity. We take the word so lightly, but it's your guide map into eternity. It's telling you which way to go. You know, like we got Google GPS. How many of you use Google? How do you get to sit in high school? Let's see. Turn right and turn left. and It's the same thing, guys. It's the Bible that tells you, "Mm, don't go down that road. No, don't associate with that demon. (laughs) Don't go over there. This is what you should do. This is how you should do it. It is our GPS guide map in life to eternity. So let's talk about joy. Philippians 4.4. This is the message Bible. And it says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. But the first part is really what I want to concentrate on. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, rival in him. Joy is not based on your circumstances or what you do or you don't have. True joy is only found in the person in Jesus and our relationship with him. It's not based on, there's a scripture that says, I have learned in every situation, whether I base or whether I bound to be content. 
Whether you have money or you don't, whether you have job or you don't, whether your marriage is working or you don't, whether the doctor says a bad report or they don't, I have learned to be content because I know based on the promises in the word that God is for me and everything will work together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. So yes, we've got to walk through the fire sometimes. Kevin Lill made me say when he was here the last time that I want to share in the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus. Do y'all know how hard that was? I was like, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. No, no, no. Don't make me say that. I don't want to say it. Let me tell you that a week before that, I'm kind of getting off track and I'm going to hurry because I don't have a lot of time. But a week before that, I was telling the Lord, why do we have to struggle? Like, why do we have to go through trials? I don't want to go through trials. At that time, we were going into Mexico and a mission trip and they, I don't know if all y'all know this, but y'all are about to know. They wanted us to go minister in a prison in Mexico. And I'm like, Mexican prison? Mm, I'm not sure. Jesus, I'm only going to go if you call me because quite frankly, I don't want to die. I mean, that was my thought process, honestly. I was like, God, I don't want to die. I don't know that I want to go to prison in Mexico. That sounds kind of dangerous. And I literally said out of my mouth, I don't believe I'm called to be a martyr. I'm not lying. I'm walking through my yard telling Jesus that. And then two weeks later, Kevin's like, get up here and say, I want to share in the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus. And I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to say that because you know what? That could be hard, really hard really hard. And I had to decide whether I was really willing to lay down my life. Not just my flesh, but my life. Am I willing to lay down my life for the one who laid down his for me? He laid down his life for us. So we have to learn to celebrate all day, every day, revel in him, no matter what, no matter our life circumstances, no matter what our checkbook says, no matter what the doctors say, no matter what our ex-husband or our husband says, no matter what's happening in our children's life, we have to learn to celebrate him all day. Yes, there's times for mourning, there's seasons for everything, and there's a time to mourn and grieve and be sad, and then there's time to get up and love Jesus and walk it out healthy, walk it out celebrating who he is, knowing that we may not understand, but it, it, somehow it'll all work out for good. Nehemiah 8.10, the very end of that says, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If we want to be strong, then strength comes from the joy. And the only way we can have the joy and walk out those promises is through relationship. See, when Jesus was crucified, died on the cross, he took it all for us, everything. He bore it all, our sickness, our pain, our sin, everything. And when he rose the third day, all curses were broken. And it took us right back to original design in the way it started in the garden. And you know what happened in the garden? Jesus walked with them daily. Every day they walked with Jesus. And because of the grace of our Father and His compassion and His mercy, He sent His Son to die so that we can walk daily with Jesus. We can walk daily with God. We can walk in the presence of the Lord without having to make atonement or sacrifices. We don't need bells on our robe in case we die. He invites us to come in. Come and dine with me. Come to the table. 
Come and sit with me. Come and commune with me. I've got a feast laid out for you. It's peace and joy and love and grace. It all goes back to relationship. It all goes back to being one with Jesus and knowing who we are in Christ. The Garden of Eden was a paradise. And in that garden were two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And every day we get to choose from what tree we eat from. Every day we choose. I told this story in the first service. My husband is a happy-go-lucky guy, and, and, and so am I now, girl, though. <laughs> but early on in our marriage, you know, that saying, if you grow up in an angry home, you learn to be angry. If you grow up in a violent home, you learn violence. That, that was pretty much my life until the Lord came in and rescued me and transformed my life, and my children won't suffer the way that I did, and my grandchildren won't suffer the way that I did. And he woke up one morning, this was recent, but back before we would wake up, and he's this happy little sparrow chirping bird every morning. Hi, good morning, how are you? La, la, la. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'm going to work now. And I'd be like, turn the light off, turn the fan back on. <laughs> this was years ago, guys, not recent. <laughs> I've been delivered <laughs> by the grace of God. So one day I realized like all that was gone and man, I'm a happy person. Like I like life. I got joy. I got peace. I'm so excited. And so I went to give my husband the revelation in case he hadn't figured it out. And I was like, honey, look what the Lord has done. I'm a happy person. I'm so blessed. And he's like, I'm like, look what got man from night to day, honey. It happened. Like I just woke up one day and I was happy. He's like, girl, I prayed for you for 15 years. I labored long suffering. You were asleep at night, and I was like, I was like, whoa. But it worked. So when I say, husbands, invest in your wife, I'm a walking testimony. Wives, invest in your husbands. Come on. So the other day, we woke up about a month ago, and Fabian's his happy, chirpy, sparrow self. Good morning, honey. How are you? Da, da, da. And I said, I'm fussy. All Oscar the Grouch, I'm fussy. And he's like, well, that's your choice. Have a nice day. I was like, you're not going to intercede for me? You're not going to pray for me? He's like, nope, that's your choice. Bye. La, 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 la. That's real girly. He doesn't do that. He's like, la, 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 la. Deepity doo da day. And I'm like, bro, pray for me. But the moral of this story is, guys, we've had it rough. Some of you, not as much as other of us. But we can find it to live in joy when we walk in relationship with Jesus. When we have true communion and relationship, you can be healed. You don't have to live as a victim the rest of your life. Christine DeMarco has a song out right now called, I'm Not a Victim. You should hear it. It's good. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim of my childhood. I'm not a victim of what happened to me as a child. I've been set free by the blood of the lamb. And let me tell you, it was work and it was hard, but it is so rewarding. 
so rewarding. Now my children and my grandchildren won't suffer. We started a new legacy, guys, a new generation coming up that's going to love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus right now. Maybe you've never made that commitment that you said, you know what? You know, I got to the point where I was like, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. God, help me, save me, rescue me. And he was faithful. And he had compassion on me and he saved me. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're tired of the dysfunctional life and the addictions and the just whatever it is that you may be struggling with and you want Jesus to save you. Or maybe you've walked with the Lord recently and you, you feel like you've messed it all up and you need new mercy and new grace and, you know, I just want to do this right. Or maybe you have fear and anxiety when that creep has stepped in and you can't get him out of your head, guys. I used to have this recorder that would play back all this negativity in my mind and you really have to discipline your mind. Take captive every thought and cast down every vain imagination. Those are not just words. Those are instructions. Don't let that creep fester in your mind. Maybe you're struggling with that fear and anxiety today. Can I get you all please to stand with me? Can we bring the lights down? We're just going to pray really quick and then we'll be dismissed.